are your buddies until the end. We're your pod buddies, (laughs) Matisse and Ben. Excellent, excellent. There yeah. you go. I, I tried to join in there for a second, realized we didn't really plan it that much. Nah, <laughs> I, was, I was just going after it. No, that was excellent, excellent. Uh, how's it going, everyone? Uh, we're the pod people. Yep, and uh, it's just the two of us today. Our boy Cleveland was struck down by a bad case of food poisoning, so pour one out for your boy in remembrance. R.I.P. Cleveland. He's uh, he's in rough shape, he... if he's anything like yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be carrying the load today, and it's an original versus remake. We're talking child's play. Why don't you start by yeah. uh, telling us a little bit about the original child's play from 1988? Yeah, right? so uh, yeah. child's play is a... Slasher horror movie of the 80s, kind of a genre-defining yeah. series in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, it came out in the same period as, you know, your Nightmares, your Friday the 13th, mm-hmm. all that stuff. The first one is directed by Tom Holland, mm-hmm. who uh, also directed Fright Night, yep. um, the original Fright Night, which is a great movie that it we will talk about at some point. Fright Night. And, and written uh, by Don Mancini. Written by Don Mancini. Mm-hmm. But the premise essentially is a serial killer, Charles Lee Ray. Um, get that joke? Charles Manson, Lee Harvey Oswald, and uh, James Earl Ray, the guy who shot Martin Luther King Jr. Oh, okay. But he is a serial killer on the run. As he's in this police chase, he uh, runs into a toy store. And as he's dying, he says a an ancient slam poem, essentially. He's doing uh, voodoo magic. Yeah, it's voodoo magic, essentially, to uh, possess his soul into a uh, buddy doll. Good guys. Good guy, good guy. Good yeah, guys that's, in the original. That's the, what the original is. Essentially, what you have is a serial killer in a good guy body. And so the, the doll itself, uh, the Chucky doll... I'm sure whoever is listening has probably seen what Chucky looks like. Oh, yeah. But, you know, it came out in the time where Cabbage Patch Kids and American Girl dolls and Teddy Ruxpin and all of that stuff were super popular and super in. And so it's kind of a play on that craze in a different light Um, and a very interesting light. Um, I really enjoy um, this original same. It's the only one of the franchise that I've seen, but I like it a lot. Yeah. Brad Dourif plays Chucky or Charles Lee Ray, and he does some fantastic voice work. Man, Brad Dourif is an underrated character actor. As he far really as is, honestly. He's great. I love him in everything he's in. I didn't realize that he was in the David Lynch version of Dune, which I watched for the first time oh, really? recently. Yeah, he's got, he looks ridiculous. He's got the big fluffy eyebrows. <laughs> the movie sucks. Yeah. Um, um, but he's really good in he's this. He's fantastic like, in this. It's mostly uh, his voice. We see him at the beginning uh, during the police chase and the shootout in the toy store. One um, of the biggest reasons why this movie works so well for me is because the Chucky character has so much character. Oh, yeah. You know, he's, it's such a big character with uh, Brad Dourif's 
voice work. Honestly, like the Chucky doll is, I think for the time, the late 80s, like it's a really good use of animatronics. Like that doll is so expressive. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm sure they probably had several. Uh, yeah. Several yeah. Chucky dolls I'm that sure. were all slightly different, but I'm always surprised when I watch this movie how much of the work is like actual animatronic and not like a hand puppet like you would expect it to be. Yeah, this was like a full moon project. Right. It would be a hand puppet 100% right. of the time. But yeah, no, I, I think it, it's really impressive stuff. Really creepy when it gets angry. The thing, the thing I really like about the the good guy doll in the original is it has a sort of innocence before it goes bad in a way. Man, I think he looks pretty creepy before he goes bad. Maybe that's just because I have all of the context of the Chucky horror character before I saw this movie. I think I saw this movie the first time in college. You know, Chucky is up there with, like, Leatherface and Michael Myers and Jason and Freddy, um, you know, one of the the seminal horror icons of the 80s. So, like, even going into it, seeing just, like, the regular good guy dolls, I still think they look creepy. They got five head like a motherfucker. Yeah, they do have big foreheads. <laughs> the thing I will say, though, is, like, we'll get into this a little more when we talk about the new one. Yeah. Uh, but I think... I have some thoughts the, on that. The comparison of sure. creepiness between possessed and not possessed is much bigger yes. in this movie yeah, totally. um where like normal parents wouldn't i mean be weirded out giving their as kids far, as far as i'm concerned dolls are kind of creepy as is i'm not a big fan of dolls just in general um possessed or otherwise so that might have something to do with why i think the doll is creepy but i agree with you you know it's a it's a standard like children's doll toy looking yeah looking like a, thing like it doesn't it, it doesn't look like something that you would expect to come to life and try to kill you yeah I'll, exactly I'll give it that exactly you know it, it's very cabbage patch kids and in yeah. fairness i find cabbage patch kids creepy, pretty creepy yeah. yeah so this uh single mother is uh uh, living with her son, and uh, she buys the the good guy doll actually from the back alley off of like a homeless. Yeah, guy. yeah, yeah, yeah. The the least sketchy way to buy because she works a, in a, a doll. She's a she's a hardworking single mom who works in a department store on the graveyard shift. On the graveyard shift, <laughs> this twenty four seven department store. Uh, uh, and you know she just. She just wants to give her son a good life and keep him happy, and he's obsessed with the good guys. Uh, there's a a show on TV which is frankly horrifying. Yeah, yeah, because um, that's just like a man in well, overalls it seemed like with a giant. They had multiple shows because there was a cartoon yeah. with the good guy at one point. But too. it's like yeah, it's like a whole. It's like Scooby Doo or something. You know, like they have all the merchandise. the The little boy has pajamas that are like the 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 good guy overalls now um, now which, sold at every horror convention right ever. exactly <laughs> um, which the pajamas actually play a role in like the in, one of the inciting incidents so Chekhov's pajamas so the the little boy is obsessed with good guy dolls and you know he wants 
wants one, but they're really expensive. And his hardworking single mom, you know, she has to cut corners to make ends meet. So she buys she buys a, a refurbished good guy doll off of a homeless man in a back alley <laughs> behind her 24-hour department store. Yeah, and uh, so she brings it home. Then while uh, she's off at the graveyard shift, they're all alone with the babysitter. Yeah. And Chucky is watching the news of his death and whatnot, um, which I found really funny. I Um, like that, too. Honestly, I really like the the buildup to the actual reveal of Chucky being uh, a possessed doll. Um, Yeah, yeah. Because there's a lot of the stuff, like, when when Andy, the little boy, first gets the doll, uh, you know, he's playing with it like a child does and talking to it and, you know, telling his mom, oh, Chucky says such and such, Chucky says such and such, like kids do with their imaginary friends. But we also always see him, like, putting his ear, like, right up to Chucky's mouth. And they're like, Chucky's, like, telling him things, but we don't actually hear it. I think that is really good build up for that eventual reveal like we know they do it really well we know what's going on but yeah it's it's very subtle yeah we don't actually see chucky in full chucky style until like almost halfway i don't know if it's quite that far at least a third of the way yeah a good third you know like i think uh the babysitter does get killed you know with the hammer which i find fun yeah, she gets um, whacked in the head because with, uh, with a, a official good guy's uh, miniature hammer. Yeah, because you know it's out, it's, it's the eighties. You know, you can just give your 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 child tiny, just give uh, them small fake tools. Yeah, yeah I mean, tiny I think they, tools. I think they still have those, but that yeah, that hammer, the head of the hammer is is made of metal. Um, <laughs> so, they don't do that anymore. <laughs> no, it is. It's it's tiny, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Chucky whacks her in the head with it, and she uh, she flies out the window and falls to her death. But what I love about that is that we don't actually, like, it doesn't show Chucky himself actually hitting her. It's, like, done from his point of view. So when the cops show up and are, like, investigating, there's, like, flour or something spilled on the table, and there's, like, little tiny footprints in it, but they have the same patterns on them as the the bottom of Andy's uh, good guy's pajamas. Which are also which are Chucky's. Also, yeah, you know? which are also so. Chucky's. And, like, he's a little boy, and it's a big doll, so he's about the size of the doll. So the, the cops think that this, like, six-year-old kid whacked the babysitter in the head with the hammer and threw her out the window, yeah. which is pretty great. Yeah, no, I uh, I really like how they play with that. Um, because throughout a lot of the movie, it's Andy trying to convince everyone that it's it's Chucky, and no one right, wants to believe him because alive, he's yeah. a child and he has an imagination, you know, right. as all children do. But yeah, I I think uh, the kills in this movie are really fun. The hammer one where she falls Fantastic. on the car is really fun. At one point, uh, Chucky later goes to. Uh, the voodoo hobo who uh, yeah, taught who him. taught him the the voodoo incantations to transfer his soul. That seems pretty fun when he uses the uh, the voodoo doll to kill the guy too. Yeah. That's it's pretty gross. 
too. Yeah, he's like breaking all of its arms and legs and stuff. You'd think if you had a voodoo doll of yourself, you would like yeah, make the, sure you had it locked why, away. Why the fuck <laughs> would you have a voodoo doll of yourself in the first place? <laughs> what purpose would that serve? It's a sex it's, thing. It's a sex thing, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's jacking himself off with it. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. yeah. He shoves it up his butt. There's, why would you... If it wasn't a sex thing, why would you have a voodoo doll of yourself? I don't care if you are a voodoo priest. That What purpose does that serve? It gives other people leverage over you. It's a sex thing. He's jerking it's himself, he's jerking himself off thing. with it. But that is, that is a really great scene. Um, this is like... I, I, th- I feel like Child's Play is... Probably the the latest of all of these big '80s horror franchises to start. Yeah, because this first movie there. This first this first movie came out in '88. So like by that time, you know, you've already had a couple of Nightmare on Elm Street, a couple of Friday the Thirteenth, uh, like three or four Halloweens already. So I think that they're they're already going into this movie with kind of a sense of the campiness of like the the slasher genre yeah it doesn't take itself overly seriously no and i and i i really appreciate that too because for god's sakes it's it's about a fucking killer doll that's possessed by the soul of a serial killer like if you tried to do that really gritty and seriously uh it just would not work at all and i'll i'll circle around back to that with the new one because um, that's something I'm glad that they did not do in the new yes, one. Yes, yes. Uh, um, but they they do a good job of keeping it funny. Yes, uh, you know Brad Dourif especially does mm-hmm. a lot of the heavy lifting with all the one liners Chucky has. It's it's a very it's a very campy film, but also pretty gory. Um, yeah, in a way that is both fun, but also a little bit stomach turning, which I think is the the best balance. I love the scene when he goes after the detective while he's driving home. Yeah. He's in the car with the knife and he's like stabbing through the seat behind him. And then he goes under the seat and starts like stabbing up at the dude's crotch. Yeah. And he's like trying to drive while avoiding <laughs> yeah. the, the knife blade. It's, it's, that it's scene is that very scene is really good. great. And then it ends in like a huge car crash. That's great too when he's the car's upside down and he's like still pinned in his seat and like Chucky is running around the car like taunting him and uh that's that's some harrowing stuff. I I think it's I think they pull it off really yeah, well. Yeah, I think they do it really well. Cuz that's the thing, it's funny in a lot of ways, but it doesn't make itself too much of a joke. Right. You know, like it til- it still takes its premise somewhat seriously, but there are, you know, one-liners and yeah. quippiness. It's campy and fun for the audience, but it doesn't it doesn't treat the story like it's a joke. It plays it you know, pretty straight up and down. Yeah. Which I think is, which I think is good. Uh, and you know, the, the campiness is just some added nods to the inherent absurdity of the situation while still maintaining that Chucky is a threat. And I think the practicals really help a lot. Oh, they're so good. Giving it weight. Um, especially, especially, uh, towards the end after they they think they kill Chucky the first time when they Oh burn, man, that's my they favorite. Burn him in the yeah. fireplace. 
um, when he comes back and it's just that charred doll He's, face. Yeah, it's all the plastic. You can is see melted. the eyes and the teeth, though. You can see, like, the animatronics and stuff under it, and in the hands, too. Mm-hmm. Like, you can see all the robotic parts and stuff. It's really great. Um, yeah, it's really well done. Yeah, because they, uh, the, the voodoo priest tells Chucky that, uh, the reason he can he's like able to bleed and start feeling pain is because his soul is turning the doll body human. So the only way to get out of it is he has to transfer his soul into the body of the first person that he revealed himself to in doll form, which is weird. Those rules don't make any sense. No, no. Um, but so he has to he has to, uh, you know, he goes back for the little boy because he's the first one he revealed himself to. So he's like, oh, I get to be six again. I'm so excited, uh, which I know they're they're not going to kill the little boy, but I do think it would have been really funny if Brad Dourif, or if he had uh, possessed the little boy, and then it's Brad Dourif's potty mouth coming out of the little kid's body. <laughs> I think that would have been really funny. Oh, man. Yeah, that would have been pretty good. That kid is a dog shit actor. Yes, he's, so he, he's one really of, bad. One of the worst child actors I've ever seen. I, I do love seeing him uh make his mother breakfast oh at the very beginning at the very beginning and he's uh putting the super sugary cereal and then he puts like five scoops of actual yeah. sugar on top of it then he burns like, the shit out of the black and toast with like ha- a huge scoop of butter on top like a full spoon of country yeah. crock. Yeah. But the way they reveal um, Chucky being possessed is really awesome. Uh, oh, with the mom. Yeah, yeah. with the mom I and agree. how she finds the batteries separate from the doll. And she oh, checks yeah. the back of the doll and he has no batteries in him, yet he's talking and everything. Right, yeah. They. She's. She has definitely been hearing him do his uh, pre-programmed voice lines and stuff. Hi, I'm Chucky. Want to play? Yeah, that's awesome. When she looks in the box and like sees the batteries still wrapped up, looks on the box, batteries included. The the look of horror on her face. <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah, I think I think it's an excellent reveal. It's legitimately the most tense section of the movie, in my opinion. I agree. Um, yeah. Because. That reveal is just so well executed. Yeah, she, like, picks up Chucky, and she's, like, turning him over and, like, pulling off his clothes to expose, like, his battery pack, and she's, like, nervous, and right as she opens up the the casing and sees there's no batteries in there, then his head turns around, and he does one of his lines, and she drops him, and he goes under the couch immediately. That scene is really, really well done, because at that point... We have only seen Chucky be a doll. And obviously we can assume what is going on, but that doesn't make the reveal of the information to that character any less effective, I think. A hundred percent. I'm a big fan of how they do um, that. I think it's legitimately a little scary. It's spooky, um, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, dolls, so dolls are scary, man. They are really spooky. One of the one of the earliest things that scared me as a kid was uh, the Goosebumps book, Night of the Living Dummy. Do you remember with the, that one? The ventriloquist with dummy? the ventriloquist dummy. Yeah, it has like a legitimately horrifying cover, like the drawing of the of the puppet. Yeah, yeah, that shit scared. Super spooky. I, I read a bunch of Goosebumps as a kid, and that was one of the few that I found like legitimately frightening. Yeah, um, a lot of the others I just thought were. 
more like fun or whatever as a kid. But that one, that one freaked me the fuck out. Dolls is scary, man. With the Goosebump books, I couldn't read them. I was too much of a pussy as a kid. They always had the spookiest covers. That's the thing. They did. Like, when you actually read them, they weren't nearly as scary as their covers. Well, like, that was... From what I found. True, largely. It's been, like, probably 20 years since I've read... Since I've read it, but I do remember Night of the Living Dummy being legitimately frightening. Yeah, I like my I think my. Did you mom ever read see the uh, Goosebumps show? Um, yes. I remember watching a couple episodes. A couple of, of episodes, like the Haunted um, Mask one, and yeah, I remember the Haunted Mask one. That show only had like one season. Right? I think so. I think yeah. they only got the one season. Um, I definitely remember the Haunted Mask episode. I haven't seen either of the Goosebumps movies uh, that they made recently, but I saw the first seem, one. It they seem bad. It yeah, was very good. I don't want. I don't need uh, R.L. Stein to be a character in the Goosebumps movies played by Jack Black. <laughs> <laughs> Get that shit out of here. <laughs> Any other thoughts on the original? I really play? don't have too much more to say. No, um, I, I have very few problems with the movie. Uh, I think overall, it's it's a really fun film. The kid is a little bit insufferable. He's probably my only real problem with the movie. Because I think, like, in terms of performances, the acting is pretty good across yeah, the yeah. board, uh, especially for, like, an 80s horror movie, a schlocky 80, 80s horror movie, yeah. that um, the kid is dumb. Um, I think some of the, the rules, uh, the voodoo magic rules of Chucky are uh, a little far-fetched, even for this already far-fetched premise. So I think that that's a little uh, a little underbaked, but it's fun. The effects are great. We get a couple of big explosions. The car explodes yeah, at one point. Yeah. This film has a surprising budget for what it was. Um, and uh, yeah, I think overall, great film. I, I really like it. Yeah, go ahead and just stick a rating on that, oh, okay. and I'll give yeah. my thoughts as well. Um, yeah, f- uh, four out of five. Strong four out of five. Yeah, it's I was actually going to completely agree. I was going to give it a four out of five as well. Um, I think this movie is super entertaining. It makes sense that it kicked off a franchise because it's super fun and has so much character to it. I would like Um, to see more of these movies. Yeah. Well, this franchise is super interesting. I'll get into it after I finish reading it, I guess. Uh, I don't have too much more to say. Just overall great effects, great puppetry, great practicals. Yeah. Brad Dourif kills it. Um, yeah. But the uh, the franchise itself is pretty interesting because 2 and 3 came out somewhat soon after this one. And uh, they are somewhat similar tonally. You know, still a little tongue-in-cheek, a little campy and fun. And then after that, you almost get a second trilogy that was made in the early mid 2000s so yeah. there was a break of like a decade in between i i remember i remember some of that uh i didn't see any of those movies but i at least remember seeing the trailer for seed of chucky i think yeah uh, there was bride of chucky right yeah seed of chucky i don't remember and, uh, i don't remember what movie i was going to see but i definitely remember the trailer for seed of chucky those movies are actually pretty fun too they're much more comedy focused i think I, if i would compare them i i would say scream had a big influence on those ones i think like red man is in one of them oh geez and yeah, one I, of them is on like a hollywood set like a yeah i believe that well set. i mean 
the the franchise was just you know finding its legs in the late eighties, early nineties, and then Scream happened in what like ninety six, yeah. and uh, yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, you know, by the time this one was getting going, most of the other big slasher franchises were already like four movies in. Yeah. Um, well, I think they 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 stayed decent throughout the whole series, thankfully. Um, because Don Mancini stuck to writing all of them, pretty much, uh, except the the new the newest one, the one that just came really, out. Really, Don Mancini stuck on for that long? Yeah, like he was all the way up through uh, the 2000s on those. Yeah, and there was yeah. even a Chucky movie that came out like a year or two ago that he. I vaguely on. remember that one too. Um, that one was like a soft reboot, if I remember correctly. I haven't seen it, but I remember when. The new Child's Play, to segue a little bit, yeah. was announced. Uh, Don Mancini on Twitter was really upset because he wasn't writing it and he uh, didn't endorse it, you know? Interesting. Um, the original Child's Play, average unanimous rating with four out of five yes. mods. Um, yeah, let's segue into the new one. The new Child's Play reboot that just came out, um, we just went and saw it on opening weekend, uh, directed by Lars, Lars Klevberg, who has uh, made nothing else I've ever heard of. Um, I just looked up, uh, it, it doesn't look like he has an extensive filmography. Um, he had some horror movie called Polaroid that came out a couple of years ago. I think I heard something um, about that movie. I never saw it. I was very unsure about this movie going in. Me too. Because they already tried a soft reboot of Child's Play a couple of years ago, like you said. Pretty much all of the other attempted reboots of these iconic 80s slasher franchises have been really fucking messy. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, we talked about that year before last. That uh, is not good. Uh, yeah. The Friday the 13th reboot is not good. The, uh, the Halloween reboot was... Uh, well, the the newest re-sequel, one. The, the re-sequel, soft reboot. The re-sequel... Uh, the David Gordon Green one was very good. Yeah. Um, but Rob Zombie's Halloween yeah, movies, true. not good. True, true, true. Not good. So I went into this being like, oh man, I don't know. I, I'm always worried about them trying to cash in on that uh, old horror nostalgia and just reboot these classic franchises. But I will say right now that I think this new Child's Play that is how you you do a reboot. Yes, I think absolutely. I think this this is a um, a excellent model of how to update an old concept for modern times while still capturing the same spirit of the original. A hundred percent. And you know, going into it, I was really nervous because the trailers. While I really liked the cast, you know. Aubrey Plaza, Aubrey Plaza, and, uh, Brian uh, Tyree Henry, and Mark Hamill, Mark Hamill even doing as the, the voice. voice. Yep, I was really nervous because they were really emphasizing that Chucky was a robot. Yeah, it's in an the AI. trailer, mm-hmm. and I wasn't sure about that going in because a lot of the charm of the original is having the serial killer in right. a child, uh, in a you know good guy doll body. Um, and what surprised me is 
it worked really well I, in this movie. Yeah, I came out of it thinking that it was better that they went for a different approach, and that I think this movie would have been worse if it was just the soul of a serial killer in a doll's body. Because if you think about I it, agree. like that is that is the kind of premise for a movie that is very at home in the '80s, but it's not really part of the modern horror zeitgeist. And I think that to try to reboot it in that respect and just do the same thing it would have just felt like fan service it would have been trite and i think it would have been overall uninteresting you get a lot of more mileage than i was expecting out totally. of the way they they play it with the ai uh, well this honestly i i think that i was very much surprised how much this movie was in a lot of ways like uh, a satire of like a lot of late stage capitalism stuff it's just like because the, the premise right off the bat is essentially like what if Jeff Bezos put Alexa into a doll and gave it the capacity to murder? And <laughs> well, yeah, I love it because it opens with uh, you know this this buddy factory in Vietnam, right? And uh, this disgruntled. Well, at first, at first, you have the commercial. Yeah, for, yeah, true for the buddies, and it's literally just like an Alexa style home assistant that like syncs with your TV and everything. But it's like this uncanny, this little uncanny valley, horrifying looking motherfucking doll. Yeah. And you get this commercial of like these families just like hanging out with this like little doll in overalls being like, buddy, turn on the TV. And like the little doll being like, don't forget your science book, Billy. And it's like right off the bat, that set me very much at ease because I'm like, okay. They're they're trying to be satirical. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. not they're not trying to like this isn't supposed to be like a, a very serious take. Yeah, um, I, I I really appreciate that, and the fact that they hard cut to Vietnam to where the, the to the sweatshop the, in Vietnam yeah, yeah. where they're making the buddies and. Uh, one of the factory workers is set off by his boss who is yelling at him. And so he disables all of the safety protocols on the buddy. Packages it and then throws himself <laughs> off the roof of the factory. I love how it's, it's so easy for them to just totally sabotage these things things right i I love i love the conceit (coughs) that the people who are constructing the dolls are also programming their ai yeah yeah rather than the chips just being copied with the same code and just assembled by the the factory workers i love that the factory workers are programming the dolls as well that's Uh, excellent yeah and so you know then we cut to uh aubrey plaza who i will say she's a fantastic job in this movie and I know, I know they acknowledge it multiple times in the film, but I cannot see her as the mother of this child. Yeah, she uh, like they, she makes a joke about having an awesome sweet sixteen. Yeah, and whatnot, the, but... yeah. One of her coworkers like, "You have a kid." She's like, "Yeah, I had a very productive sweet 16. And then like one of the kid's friends comes over and is like, "Your sister's hot." And she's like, "That." He's like, "That's my mom." He's like, "Oh, even hotter." So like they acknowledge it, but still like still watching the movie, I could I I could never 
believe that Aubrey Plaza was this 12-year-old kid's mother. Well, yeah, and the relationship they have is very it's, fraternal. Yes, it's it's a it's a very brother, yeah, exactly. Sister. It's a brother-sister kind of relationship. So that it threw me it threw me a little bit at the beginning. I I came around and, you know, got used to it. I think Aubrey Plaza is a great actress. Uh, I really loved her in Ingrid Goes West. Yes, um, that's an excellent movie. And uh, I think she does a really good job in this film as well. Yeah, so she's very it's, charismatic. It's not a. Uh, I'm not going to disparage the the casting choice at all because. I think she's great. Uh, it's just a little bit weird to see her as the the mother of this kid. But uh, yeah, they've just moved to a new place. He doesn't have any friends. He spends all of his time on his phone. She works retail at a department store that sells the buddies. Yeah. Uh, they're not good guys in this movie. They're buddies. I, I like how they introduced that with someone trying to return oh, uh, one yeah. of the buddy dolls because it's ginger. Yeah, he's like he's like, why did nobody tell me that this doll was ginger? I want the blonde one. And she's like, well that's the buddy too. And as you can see by uh all of our signs, that one has not been released yet. And there's also a window on the box <laughs> so you could see that the doll has red hair. Uh, that's a very funny bit. But yeah, she she works like the, the customer service uh, desk or whatever. And somebody returns their buddy saying like, oh, it doesn't work. And the eye, like there's something wrong with it. And the eyes keep turning red. Uh, and the new buddy comes out in a couple weeks anyway. So I just want to get my money back. I'm just going to wait until the new one comes out. So she's like... Oh well, maybe this uh, this artificial intelligence doll will be a good friend for my lonely son. So I'm gonna take it home and uh, and give it to him. And she does. And uh, even though he's very underwhelmed by the gift because he wants a new phone and doesn't seem to like it at first, I really like how then they kind of actually have him form a bond with this with this like animatronic yeah, doll. Yeah, it almost becomes his friend. Yeah, it does. Like they start like we see them like playing board games and stuff together. Like it, it creeps him out a little bit at first, but like then it actually gets to the point where like the Chucky doll is his friend. One of my minor problems with this movie, and it's very minor because I really enjoyed this movie. I like movie, this movie a lot too. Um yeah. is that the Chucky doll from the get-go, kind of looks... Oh, it's awful. I hate it how it looks. It looks very creepy. And so it was kind of weird to me how, like, no one, like, was like, oh, yeah. that that was... That's, we were, that's a creepy doll. We were... I think it's probably supposed to be part of the, the satire just because, like, the premise of having, like, a children's doll that controls all of the devices in your house is inherently pretty silly. So the fact that it's also a horrible, uncanny valley-looking monster adds to that. That being said, the doll is very bad to look at. Yeah, yeah. I get that that's the point, but who boy. Like, we were talking about uncanny valley puppets in our fucking Dark Crystal episode. This motherfucker, though. <laughs> Man, at one point, uh, Andy teaches it to make a scary face to spook oh yeah Audrey his, mom, bo- his boyfriend. mom's boyfriend and that scene is great yeah, yeah we just I see the that. the him trying to train the doll to make scary to have faces. facial expressions and like all of the like 
servo motors in its face are like moving separately from one another and it's really gross looking yeah it's really gross i loved that i thought that was great one thing that i was thinking of uh, especially considering the marketing leading up to this they released the same weekend as toy story which is fantastic counter programming and they had all of the posters of like the toy story toys like torn apart or dead and then like chucky's arm or something off to the side and i know that the little boy's name was andy in the original movie but considering like that it came out with the the same weekend as toy story and the son's name is andy again i'm just thinking about andy from toy story oh i it's like i i'm sure that was a thought you know right well because i mean the kid in the original is named andy and that was before toy story came out but like it it sinks up a little bit too perfectly, yeah. you know? Well, considering it was counter-programming, it, I, it makes me wonder... Well, I feel like the, the film probably would have been mostly finished by the time they set its release date, and I, I wonder how intentional it was that they were releasing the same time as Toy Story 4, or if that was just a happy accident I that think, they then took advantage of from a marketing perspective. I, I feel like it was intentional, because it's fantastic counter-programming. It really is, you know? yeah. like, No, it's awesome. If I was going to release a toy-based horror movie, I'd want to do it same weekend as Toy Story. Yeah, yeah. Appeal to, to both audiences simultaneously. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's it's clever. I, I liked that a lot. Um, well, the thing about the doll is it is creepy from the get-go, but they play with that quite a bit, you know, with the face stuff. When they first turn it on, it, it's glitching out a lot. Yeah. And the red eyes keep coming on, which early on in the movie, when that happened, I was a little nervous because I was like, so you're not going to start it with the the toy being normal descending into madness but it kind of does no at they the same do time, yeah you when know? they when they kick it on like you see a little bit of you see that it's it's not quite right and we also see that like you know the the doll's not quite like other ones because it will repeat like curse words which it's not supposed to do like you can command it to do things that it's programming otherwise wouldn't allow you to so that that is really nice and i like that because it is an ai and it learns from interacting with people that it's sort of ultimate murderous rampage at the end is kind of conditioned by learning from being around andy and it's just like absorbing his frustration with like the cat and, like, mom's boyfriend, and that, like, his friends are, like, trying to get it to stab a stuffed unicorn with a, yeah. uh, with a pen and say, like, this is for Tupac, <laughs> um, well, he, uh, which has a fantastic callback the, the, at the end of the movie. The, the first time we see Chucky have any sort of violent intent was when he was hanging out with his friends Pug and, uh... And Fallon, Fallon, I think, yeah. yeah. Um, and they're watching a little bit of a stranger. They're watching, yeah, the yeah, very much so. They're watching uh, Texas Chainsaw, Chainsaw Massacre Two, yeah, uh, which is a great movie. We'll probably cover it at some point. Um, but they're laughing hysterically at it. At all the gore and the violence. I mean, and in stuff, fairness, yeah. it is a very funny movie, no, too. No, I, I actually thought that was really clever. They're laughing at, like, this ridiculous, schlocky, uh, super gory horror movie. And the doll is observing them, seeing what they're watching, and seeing that it makes them laugh. So it then thinks that slasher gore is 
like a way to make people happy. Yeah. And it, it uh much like a, a baby bird, it imprints on like the first person that it sees when you turn it on. Like we see it imprinting on Andy. So a lot of the what it does in the movie when he like kills people is to try to help Andy. Andy gets frustrated with the cat, so Chucky kills the cat. Andy hates his mom's shitty boyfriend, so Chucky kills the boyfriend. Um, Which we will get shit. into. Yeah. Well, I mean, we might as well. Like, let's just go ahead and yeah, do that. Yeah, so... Uh, That's a, one of the best scenes in the movie. Yeah, so continually through the movie, Chucky just appears next to the boyfriend to, to scare, scare him. him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it starts intentional the first time. They intentionally get Chucky to scare the boyfriend because they think it'll be funny. Right. And they can rewatch it through his eyes. But then he keeps doing it without, you know, them knowing really as much. Well, right. And, and he also will start, like, uh, playing back recordings of things that other people have said. So, like, he keeps in the boyfriend's presence. He keeps playing back a recording of Andy saying, like, Shane is an asshole. And he just does it over and over again. So he's, like, turning the boyfriend more and more against Andy until Andy just, like, loses it and is, like, in his room saying, like, I wish you'd just leave us alone. Well, he, him, he makes him. the boyfriend snap in a lot of ways right, because yeah. uh, the the final straw is he's taking a piss. And, oh, my God. <laughs> that was so funny. And Chucky just appears and scares him and he pisses all over himself, yep. including his face. That's the final straw right, and he and goes he to confront and Andy, Andy. kind of pushes him onto the bed. Right, because he thinks that Andy is, is doing yeah stuff that he's controlling chucky i love the reveal too after that that the boyfriend just has like a family it just has like a wife yeah and kids. yeah because like we see him all the time like hanging out with like aubrey plaza like watching football games and stuff and just being a general douche and just like spending all his time at the house and then he goes home and he's just got like a wife and children and stuff yeah um really great scumbag reveal it's really funny and the way he gets killed is excellent. Yeah, for some reason, his wife demands that he take down the Christmas lights in the middle of the night. And, and it's like not even winter, really? Well, right, yeah, the Christmas lights have already been up for, for months longer than they should have been, yeah. which is funny because he's like, it's like, why do we take down the Christmas lights? Why would you just leave them up? Yeah. Um, but he's taking down the Christmas lights in the middle of the night. And they're on. And they're on. <laughs> he mentioned yeah. that, too. He's like... Maybe Probably, should, yeah. Should turn these off first. Um, Chucky knocks him off the ladder. Uh, he gruesomely lands breaks, on his feet, breaks both of his legs, which um, is an awesome effect, by the way. Oh, yeah. We see his shins just split, just like shatter legs. out the sides of his yeah. legs. It's, uh, this film was also a lot gorier than I was expecting. Yeah, very, very in a good way too. Yeah. It. And then as he's crawling through his watermelon patch to try to reach his phone, Chucky turns on, like, a earth tiller, I guess, is what that is. Yeah, 
and kind of looks like a big lawnmower. Right, but it's for for plowing the earth. <laughs> the thing is, it moves so slowly. I love that it's just like, it's just like sucking up the Christmas lights. It's just like going down the, yeah. the robe while he's like trying to crawl to his cell phone. It, uh, that scene is so funny. It reminds me in a lot of ways of, have you ever seen the movie A Fish Called Wanda? No, I'm there's, familiar with it. There's a scene near the end of it where they have a big cement roller that's uh, about to run over John Cleese, and it's moving so slowly, yeah. and he's screaming the whole time, <laughs> but it's just, like, taking forever to get to him. It reminded me of that, because it's just moving slow, so slowly towards him, and he's crawling away since his legs are broken. Right. But it's like, if he just moved out of the way, like, if he, instead of crawling straight forward, like, if he just crawled to the side, I mean, I guess, like, he's tangled up in the christmas lights and it's kind of sucking the christmas lights in but like still just move a little bit bro you'll probably be all right um but then yeah he gets his head sucked into it and chucky cuts his face off and puts it on a watermelon uh because he saw Leatherface do it we- yeah. wearing somebody's face from texas chainsaw 2 uh and just leaves the watermelon with shane's face on it in andy's room and one of my absolute favorite things in this movie is the 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 whole series of events oh around yes. disposing of the watermelon with the with the, it's the, incredible the, the face it's, on it. it's, they, um, they they try to wrap it up in gift wrapping yeah because go, uh chucky leaves it in the kid's room yeah he leaves it on his like on his dresser and you know he walks out the room at first but then realizes what it is and it's, it's freaks out obviously classic classic double take moment uh but he gets uh Pug and Fallon to come over and uh, help him, and they wrap the whole thing up in uh, discarded wrapping paper from Chucky's box, and they're on their way to dispose of it, but right as they're leaving, Aubrey Plaza comes in and she's like, oh, what's that? Why are you out from school? Yeah, why are you and out he's from like, school? Like, explosive, oh, yeah. <laughs> explosive diarrhea. diarrhea. <laughs> Classic. And she's like, oh, what's that? He's like, it's a gift. She's like, for who? Oh, uh, the old lady down the hall who helps me with my homework and she's like oh that's so nice let's go deliver it right now <laughs> and uh so they go deliver it and it's to um brian tyree henry's uh mother and he's he's like the detective mm-hmm. the police detective. detective mike detective mike he's great i love him yeah he's, um, he's, he's so awesome good in atlanta uh, he's really good in this too i have some more thoughts uh on on him shortly but, like, they deliver it to her, and Aubrey Plaza's like, I just want to see what it is. Open it. And it's like, no, don't. Uh, it, it's my birthday next week, so we'll open it together then. And the old lady's like, oh, okay, I'll just go put it on my uh, on the shelf until then. Uh, so then they have to figure out how to get it out of her apartment. So he asks uh, Detective Mike if he can have dinner with him and his mom. And they're, like, talking about it, and they put it on the table. That scene is great when, like, uh, Detective Mike, like, has his hand on it. And you're, like, so worried that he's going to, like, feel something under there and yeah. open it up. That shit also, like, it must have been stinking, too. I don't know. Like, <laughs> right? It's been there for a few days. And then when they leave the room, uh, Andy just grabs it and runs off with it and throws it down the, the garbage disposal. 
Uh, I thought that whole that whole uh, plot line was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was amazing. I love Chucky's uh, one-liners he does before that kill when he's like, "It's tickle time," and then he uh, he he finally does the callback to uh, the the Tupac line. Oh, after yeah. he kills him, he's like, "This one's for, for Tupac." Tupac. <laughs> that shit was so funny. Oh my god, it's excellent. But yeah, I thought that whole storyline of the uh the watermelon was lo- just incredible. I also really love like the creepy lecherous janitor after, you know, Andy and his friends deal with Chucky, uh they knock him down and uh rip his uh his power cell or whatever out and throw him down the trash chute and uh the jan- the creepy janitor um, who we've seen like leering at Aubrey Plaza, like finds the doll. And he's like jackpot, and I love how like they make him out to be like such a creep and a weirdo, and all he's trying to do is just refurbish the doll so he can sell it on eBay. Yeah, but they're treating it like like he's planning he, on having sex, with like it he's or gonna something. fuck it, or that he's like a serial killer or something because he like has this dirty like basement workshop and he's, he's wearing, wearing like a wife beater. He's wearing like a a, a grubby wife. We beater. see him earlier in the movie installing security cameras in the apartment complex and then when we get down to the basement we see that he has hidden cameras in all like, of the in various women's uh apartments in the bathrooms in the bathrooms you know. and stuff but i love how like he orders like new clothes for chucky and because uh, the other ones are dirty and he like takes them out of the package and he like smells them and like the whole thing is so <laughs> creepy but he's like finally i'm gonna make a killing on ebay it's <laughs> it's it's so good yeah it's Um, it's excellent and then the way chucky kills him too is really fantastic yeah uh with the the table saw and he's hanging above it holding on to the pipe and uh everything in this universe is uh is manufactured by caslan or whatever that company is which is amazon i yeah, guess yeah yeah um so he can adjust the temp he adjusts the temperature yeah he has a little et finger that we didn't e. mention yeah it, it glows and everything How he controls all of the things um i found that scene really funny because i kept thinking just let go and don't step on yeah, the just, saw. just don't fall onto the table saw. Yeah. uh yeah that that scene is great and when he kills uh detective mike's mom with the self-driving car that scene is pretty funny as well yeah because she's going to bingo night or whatnot and I, then yeah he's, uh, chucky is just controlling the car with his finger i love how just like everything about this movie they've just updated it for like the fear around modern technology, which is very real, like the fear around self-driving cars and like uh, voice assistants and stuff. And like, are they listening to you and recording you and transmitting your data and shit like that? Like, I was really surprised. I was not expecting any of that shit to be in the child's play. Really. Yeah, it's, 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 I think that's what makes it work. It's for really them. clever yeah. and they get a lot of mileage out of it. You know, like the the idea of possessing a doll 
in the eighties, in the time and era of you know Cabbage Patch Kids and right. American Girl and all that stuff, it makes sense in that era, right? But and, and nobody kids would... don't really have dolls like that anymore, exactly. So taking exactly. it down this avenue modernizes it in a really clever way. It's absurd. Um, it's still absurdist, but in a way that feels intentionally satirical and not just out of touch. Another thing I thought is that, like, the dialogue was pretty well written. The only thing that I think betrays this movie as being written by somebody significantly older than the characters that they're writing for is the one line where um, they're, like, playing with, uh, with Chucky outside and Detective Mike walks by and... Uh, one of the kids is like, heads up, it's a narc or something like that. And Chucky and Chucky it. and Chucky repeats it. And then uh, Detective Mike just shakes his head and he's like, God damn millennials. That is the only line that betrays the age of the person who wrote the script because Brian Tyree Henry is a millennial and those kids are Zoomers. Yeah. Like, that is the only thing that betrays the, the script. Writer. Honestly, if anything, it's because Zoomer isn't in everyone's lexicon yet. Not it yet. should be because Zoomers are little shit. Right. Those kids, those kids are not millennials. Like, but anyway, that was just like, I caught that line. I'm like, Wait a second. <laughs> you did the math in your head. Like, You're like, like, hold up here. Like, hold on, hold on here. Something doesn't hold add on up. Here. Brian Tyree Henry isn't a Gen Xer. Uh, <laughs> um, but other than that, like, it was not. Uh, the, the kids' dialogue felt pretty natural for children, for the kids. Like, there's some really cringy stuff, but it felt like stuff that actual kids would say. Um, it wasn't any of the fucking uh, Karate Kid references of Slender Man or anything like God, that yeah. coming out of 15-year-olds' mouths. Yeah, true. Um, so I, I appreciate that. Love how basic the end of the movie, uh, Chucky basically just becomes Skynet. Uh, which I yeah. think is the the natural uh, the natural progression of where this has all been going. Um, I I love the whole department store. Oh sequence. man, it's amazing! They really ramp it up in a great way. You know, like it's a true climax in that you know Detective Mike discovers the head and realizes in the oh, wrapping shit, paper. It's that same that, wrapping paper. Yep. He goes to arrest Andy. Um, meanwhile, they're doing the rollout of the buddy too. Yep. So the store is full of people excited and to it's, see. It's just that it's that black Friday nonsense where they're all behind a rope, just like screaming and chanting, buddy, buddy, buddy. And then when they move the rope, like they're like falling over and trampling each other. Yeah. Thought that was the perfect amount of over the top. Yeah. Because and it's like, you think about like, Nobody would be doing that for these creepy home assistant dolls, but like that's the point. Like, yeah, people, exactly. People do go ape shit for stuff like Alexa and like all of this convenient technology. So I think that that is 
uh, was a really funny touch. I love how like the other uh, Aubrey Plaza's coworker who has to dress up the, in the giant, in the buddy enormous head. buddy mascot head, and like right before they unveil the new buddies, like Chucky stabs him in the neck, and so he like walks out, and he's just like wobbles, just like kneel down next to a kid. It's like you see his vision, uh, like it doubles over, and out, doubling out. It's like it's like yeah, this is capitalism, isn't it? <laughs> like this is abs- like just dying before a screaming mob of consumers yeah. in a in a, a a totally humiliating mascot costume. Oh, it's incredible. It's he so he good. kneels down to this little girl and takes off the mask and just sprays her and the rest of the audience. Yeah, just arterial blood <laughs> right in this little girl's face. And when uh, Chucky attaches like razor blades to all of the drones and he's flying drones around just like killing people (laughs) oh that scene that's uh that part was incredible with all the drones just flying in towards the crowd right and all of the like clearly very self-aware like melodramatic moments there were multiple dives to save people right and well like the the drone like hits detective mike and like cuts him up and he like falls to his knees and he looks at pug he's just like run (laughs) and just like falls over yeah it's, it's, Uh, it's great and then when uh andy like kicks the the box out from under the the doors that are lowering he's like i can't let you guys get hurt i have to save my mom myself all of that is so good i won't spoil too much about the the final climax with chucky because i think it's pretty fun and there's i don't think there's any need to i will say all of it it away it leaves itself open to a sequel oh yeah of course which i would love to see honestly yes i i like i said before i think this is how you fucking reboot a franchise and i walked out of this movie thinking like yeah, I would watch more of these. Yeah, they they which took is it, really surprising. They modernized it in a great way, and they kept the the fun, campy spirit of the original. Right, and it's and they they did it in a way that I think has some legs. Like I I could, yeah. I could see them getting a couple a couple of sequels out of this and still being still being good. Will they? I don't know. It's going to depend heavily on how this movie does. I I don't know if there's as much of an audience for Chucky movies now as there used to be outside of people who, you know, have nostalgia for the original. Um, I also don't know how many people are going to take this modernization as a as an affront to the spirit of the original franchise, which I do not think it is, well, but I could see people feeling that way. The the weird thing about the Chucky franchise is it's always been pretty niche. Even the first Child's Play movie didn't do crazy numbers at the box office. It did well enough to it did make pretty well, sequels yeah. and whatnot, but uh, it wasn't like anywhere near the scale of like nightmare friday the 13th well i mean considering the state of the industry now you you see the kind of numbers that they look for in order to make sequels to things the amount of success and uh we'll we'll just have to see if this movie has that i could see it going either way i would not be surprised if um this film doesn't get uh, uh a great reception also, like, 
it's like a summer horror movie. Like it's not really the season for horror movies. Um, at least not big ones. So I don't know. I'll go ahead and write. Yeah, might as well. Uh, I think yeah, we're I, I was very, very pleasantly surprised at this movie. The the first act or so, um, I was kind of on the fence. I was like, this is good, but I don't know where this is going. But by the end of it, like, I think that it did some really, really clever things, a lot of really funny moments, good acting, uh, pretty, pretty good, great cinematography as well. I really liked the way it was shot. The music was um, really good, too. The music too. is good. Bear McCreary. Bear McCreary did the, did the score. Always like a, a good bear score. I, I was very, very pleasantly surprised with this movie. Uh, overall, uh, I... I had a lot of fun with it. I had a very positive reaction. I'm going to give it a four out of five as well. I like this movie a lot. Yeah, I I really like this movie a lot too. I went in very skeptical. Um, it is a franchise I like quite a bit uh, just because they're so fun. I was so happy to see that they captured the, the campy fun of the originals totally. while modernizing it. Um, and even the Chucky design, you know, while I wasn't, sold on it at first it's very different i and, hated it and at creepy first. yeah I came, ar- I came around i came around to end. it a hundred percent and i think that that's mainly due to mark hamill's excellent voice work oh yeah we didn't talk and much about that but he he does a really really he does do a really yeah. great job and the thing is like with it i really appreciate the ai thing because instead of making him this evil serial killer it's it seems like Buddy has good intentions at first. Yeah. But it's just perverted by, you know, the lack of, you know, safeguards and... Uh, and the lack of and the lack of empathy because it's a machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like, everything he does is, like, because Andy's his best friend and he wants Andy to be happy, but he doesn't see how the horrible things that he's doing are not the way to like be friendly with somebody yeah and i I really love how they play with that i thought all the violence was very slapstick in a great way it was just a ton of fun i would give this a four out of five as well i was very very pleasantly surprised i think this is just as good as the original if not better i i could not agree more i was thinking the exact same thing so that's another unanimous four out of five for child's play go check it out in the theaters oh i do want to mention one one of my very minor gripes with it because i didn't talk about this is andy is like hearing impaired he has, he has oh yeah a, that's kind of yeah, weird he has a hearing aid and they set that up very early on and i'm like okay so they're gonna do like a quiet place thing where like they something the robot like or they something. yeah like something about like being hearing impaired is going to give him an advantage there's gonna be some kind of like feedback with his hearing aid and chucky that's gonna like i i'm like okay so this is Surely, uh, Chekhov's hearing aid, and then it's not. Yeah, it's weird. I. It's like they 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 kind of for. I feel like they kind of forget about it too, because there are a couple of times where he either takes out his hearing aid or it's knocked out, and people are talking to him at like normal well, volume. He, has, he only has it in one ear, so. right? Well, like, so he's obviously he's obviously not like completely deaf, but. You know, so, like, I'm willing to buy that. They knock it out a couple times, but, like, people are talking to him at, like, normal volume, and he's responding fine. Like, he doesn't seem to have 
a hard time hearing them at all. But then at the end, when he has his confrontation with Chucky, like, Chucky, like, hacks into his his hearing aid because it's made by the same company, and we get a couple of times where, like, all of the sound cuts out, and it's completely silent, and it's just Chucky's voice, so it's, like, supposed to be implied that he's disabling the hearing aid and just using it to talk to Andy, so that's all Andy can hear, but it's been established other times in the film that he can hear without the hearing aid. The the sound design of that stuff was a little it's confusing overly overly done to emphasize it i actually kind of like that idea of him using the hearing aid to talk directly to andy i I like i like that too but but then like make him like really deaf or like don't don't just use the hearing aid as like a totally throwaway thing like don't have it knocked out of his ear and then aubrey plaza being like are you okay he's like oh yeah i'm fine it's like he can hear her okay until Chucky decides to disable the hearing aid and then he can't hear anything. Yeah, it was weird. It was that it was it was all in- other sound cut out when right. that it part was, came on. It was it was inconsistent and honestly that's probably my biggest gripe with this movie and that is an extremely minor thing. Yeah. So that's why I brought it up in the first place because <laughs> it was one of the only things in the movie that legitimately bothered yeah. me. Other than that, fantastic. Before we uh, wrap up, I did have a little bit of news on the subject of slasher reboots and genre stuff. Uh, a Halloween sequel has been confirmed for 2020. Did you see this? I did. And that it's just called Halloween 2. This is the third Halloween 2. <laughs> they and might as well just call it Halloween at this point. Yeah, exactly. it's also Halloween 3 in well, a lot yeah, of ways. Yeah, because it's... The reboot is a direct sequel to Halloween 1, discounting all of the other sequels. They said that. So the Halloween reboot is really Halloween 2, but now the sequel to that is going to be Halloween 2. Which should be 3. Which should be 3. So the way that that franchise is going to work, if you're watching them back to back, it's going to be Halloween, followed by Halloween, followed by Halloween 2. So that doesn't make any sense at all. I really hate whoever is out here fucking naming movies. Someone's got to make a and video games. A viewer guide to that shit. I do. I, I talk about it all the time, but come up with a subtitle or something. Call it Halloween colon uh, Michael Myers still not dead or whatever. Like literally anything else. Literally anything else. Stop naming things the same thing as other existing things that already have that same name. Stop it. Uh, it's, it's so frustrating. It's, it, it gets very confusing. Like, Just what a subtitle on I don't, it, you know? I don't wanna have to I don't wanna have to qualify which one I'm talking about if I say, have you seen Halloween? It's like, oh, which one? The original, the Rob Zombie remake, or the David Gordon Green remake? It's like, well, I shouldn't have to I shouldn't have to qualify that. When yeah. I say, have you played God of War, I shouldn't have to qualify God of War 1 or God of War 4, which are both just named God of War. Just get better at naming things! It gets very confusing very quickly. <sighs> yeah. Okay, well, 
that's the end of this episode. Next uh, week we're coming we'll, in with a surprise. Yeah, we'll I be think. we'll be doing something. <laughs> um, we have to shuffle our schedule around a little bit. However, one thing we will guarantee next week is that we will have the results of the uh, box office and um, Rotten Tomatoes score for Child's Play. Uh, it's opening weekend while we're recording this, so we don't have the final numbers yet. too soon to tell. So a little too soon to tell, and once we have those, that will determine uh, who is ahead during our uh, mid-year catch-up. Uh, at the moment, Ben and I are tied with five points, and uh, Cleveland has four, so it's absolutely anybody's game, and whoever uh, wins this uh, mid-year checkpoint will decide which three films we're going to watch and review for our mid-year catch-up episode, which will probably be two weeks from now, I guess, unless something happens. Um, So we'll have something for you next week. We don't know what it is yet, but we'll figure it out so you'll be just as surprised as we are. If you like the show, do all the the things that I normally tell you to do. Leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Wherever else you get your podcasts, uh, follow us on Twitter at uh, PodPeoplePod. Follow us on Letterboxd uh, at letterboxd.com slash PodPeoplePod for the list of all the films we've talked about on the show, average ratings, links to those reviews. Uh, You know the thing. Uh, Since Cleveland's not here, uh, I will say that as of the release of this episode, It Stares Back is officially out in early access on Steam. We've been working towards this for a long time, so if you like video games, you like real-time strategy, RPGs, horror, high fantasy, sci-fi, stuff like that, uh, please check it out on Steam um, and uh, let us know what you think. And you can follow our LightArc Twitter account at LightArcStudio on Twitter. Um, my personal Twitter is at Mr. Van Awesome. If you feel like following me for any reason, and I'm at Mr. Sheets on Twitter. Thanks as always for listening. Tune back next week for a surprise episode on eh, something. And until next time, keep your friends close, but your buddies even closer. Be a buddy to someone. My buddy until the end. More than a buddy. My best friend, I love you more than you will ever know. I will never let you go. Bye.
until the end. More than just buddies, we are best friends. Don't ever leave me, please don't say goodbye. I'll be yours till the day that I die.